Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the latest episode of On to the Next One. This is not the voice of Mike Heck, uh, who usually intros the show and kind of guides the ship here. Guys, the uh, the U- the SS ought know. No, no, this is, uh, I mean, the usual host, uh, or at least co-host of my best friend, uh, Mike Heck. Uh, this is Alexander K. Lee, and I'm joined by one of my other cherished friends, the esteemed Jed Mishu. There has been a mutiny on the ship of the ought oh. because... Mike Heck has been steering us wrong, faithful listeners. He's been going to really normal and obvious waters, and nobody wants smooth sailing. We want the chaos hammer. We want the rocky reefs of of excitement and and ingenuity, and that's what the that is what we're here for now. I'm taking over, Mike. You can have this back when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. That kind of unearned confidence is exactly what we need on the show i, I always say uh yes uh, mike is getting some much needed time off we all know how hard he works i myself i'm just coming back from a, a, a personal trip i had to take uh family related everything's fine and for anyone who's uh who missed me this week everything's fine uh just you know family stuff and uh, uh happy to be back and and working and recording uh and uh you know handling this sort of somewhat special edition of Otno because we we have rarely had uh any other guests besides myself and Mike. Uh Steve Morocco once did a great job filling in as well. But uh we have Jed here today. Uh the card itself that we're here to discuss, UFC Vegas 51, which went down Saturday. Not, you know, might not go down as one of the most memorable cards of the year. Uh, but it was might a not. <laughs> It was a card, as we say. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this. Uh, normally we record the show on a, su- a Sunday. We are recording this Saturday night. Jed is fresh off of the uh, UFC Vegas 51 slash Bellator 277 post-fight show. So guys, make sure you listen to that as well. But uh, we, we are, of course, we want to get Jed. Some of, your, some of your thoughts on this card. Sounds like you're a little less than enthusiastic about it based on that little comment there. Uh, what, what, what was your sort of rating or your take on, on what we saw? on Saturday as, as a whole, this was the worst card of the year. And I I don't think it's close. (laughs) Like this was, we talk about it all the time on other programs, especially on like BTL and stuff. Me and Mike, uh, we'll talk about, you know, what a card looks like on paper. And Dana White is obviously the biggest proponent of, well, you know, you wait till the fights happen because we say sometimes these fight cards don't look that strong. It's always the, the ones. That, it's always the ones they don't talk about, Jed. It's always, it's always the ones, the ones they don't ones, talk about. Except always. for this one, because we weren't talking about this one, and it did not deliver gangbusters that that we're going to be speaking about for ages. 
Uh, in fact, realistically, the reasons we would be talking about this card for any period of time after this week are all negative. <laughs> I was going to ask a uh, big, big, biggest storyline because normally I, I would say, oh, Bala Muhammad avenging a five and a half uh, year old loss to Vicente Luque, strong performance, you know, keeping himself right in that contender circle. Would you say that that was most memorable? Or I, I know you said there's, there was a lot of negatives that popped up. What's your takeaway? What are we talking about for the rest of this week here? Look, it, it should be Bilal Muhammad because he put on a great performance against a guy who had already knocked him out. And, you know, he is going to find himself in the top five of the welterweight division, one of the marquee divisions in the sport and one of the best divisions in the sport. That should be the big thing. But it's not. And that's there's a lot of reasons for that. Some of it is because for better or worse, Bilal Muhammad doesn't doesn't inspire that much excitement from people that win even as good a performance as it was is not going to people aren't going to be writing songs about Bilal Muhammad for for tackling Vicente Luque five times uh and so instead if we talk about this card we're going to be talking about just the absolute anarchy that happened in it two technical decisions one of them 1000% should have been a DQ instead of a technical decision. The other one opinions are going to much more strongly differ, especially because the legality of the strike in question is, is very much in question, but that on top of a host of just other ridiculous things happening inside the cage, uh, we're going to get to uh, some post fight comments that were shockingly oh, awful. Oh dear. Uh, at some point in the future. And then we had a point deducted in a fight that ultimately was stopped. So it was okay. But like the story to me is largely just that the rules do not apply in Las Vegas. Uh, there are no <laughs> rules because the referees spottingly enforce them if they enforce them at all. And especially if you got somebody like, you know, Dan Margliata, he's just going to not feel like a thing was bad. And so it's going to be fine. Even if you objectively do an illegal thing that causes the end of a fight. Listen, uh, history was made in a way. Uh, this is the first time, uh, some uh, uh, shout outs to uh, Scott Fantana. And uh, who else was that told me? It was U UFC 159. The last time that, uh, I believe it was Jay Pitchy from, uh, from SureDog. Uh, the last time that there were two, uh, Jay Petrie, yes. Uh, that last time that there were two uh, technical decisions on one card. So, hey, listen, that's some pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the second one, as you said, uh, we'll talk about it more in a moment. Uh, we, cause we could talk about it again. I'm sure you guys, I know you guys talked about it post my show. I'm sure we could talk about it again for an entire episode of, of on to the next one, but let's get to the matchmaking here. Bilal Muhammad was victorious in the main event. Huge win. We'll, we'll bump up a little bit in the MMA fighting global rankings, the only rankings in the sport that matter. Uh, but Jed, as you are our guest, What's next for him? Uh, I'll mention that afterwards he cut, he, he said uh, he really wants Colby Covington just does not like the guy. Obviously I think a win over Covington would get him a title shot. Uh, but you know, not everyone would agree that sh that should be the next fight. Jen, what direction did you go in for remember the name? So here's my question about this show. Having never been on it and mm -hmm. now I'm probably going to be your co-pilot for the foreseeable future. Sure. Since we upended Mike Hex <laughs> tyrannical reign atop this, this promotion. Uh, 
Am I, is this just what I would do if I had carte blanche? Oh, we can go either. So, so, and you can alternate. So there's no solid rule between, for, from, okay. from fight to fight, you can say it's either your magic wand pick, where if you were the matchmaker, you could literally make any fight you want within reason, hopefully someone in the UFC, someone also someone who's alive. Uh, but otherwise, yes, of the those current roster, those are preferable. Of the current roster, who would you pick? Uh, or if you want to try to get like fancy with it, like what you think, oh, this is like, I'm predicting this will happen. Either one, either one. Okay, for this one, because I... I'm I'm sorry to say this. I don't care about what happens to Bolhov in the future. I think he's a very very good fighter who is never going to win a belt and probably won't challenge for one. So I'm going to predict what will happen next, and I think it's it it makes the most sense to be Gilbert Burns. There's the storyline tied in of Burns being a coach and training partner of Luke Burns at that fight, yelling at Luke during that fight. Um, it'll have to wait a little bit because I think Burns should take some time off after that fight of the year contender with Hamza the other week. But uh, Burns doesn't really have any – Burns is going to have to fight backwards, you know, coming even even with his stock being as high as it is off, off the Hamza fight. There's not another fight that really makes sense for him, especially with the UFC targeting Hamza Colby, however that shakes out. And so, you know, had Bilal come out and talk that, that smoke, that greasiness for Hamza – Maybe he could have generated some interest there and swooped in, but he he went another way, and so I I think ultimately it's going to be Burns, uh, and you know, so that's also a good fight for for Bilal and a good fight for the division. Yeah, you're a man of the people, as we all know. Uh, that was a very popular pick after uh, Hamzat's win over, over Gilbert Burns. A lot of people said Gilbert versus. Bilal Muhammad, win or lose versus Vicente Luque, uh, for, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. I'm I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Love cheating. Uh, I, so, so I, do so do the Las Vegas MMA gods. Yes, cheating and, is highly encouraged in Las and, Vegas. And as we kind of debated in a recent uh, roundtable, uh, more fighters should also embrace cheating. And as we saw today, two and zero oh <laughs> with a, with alleged with alleged cheats. Three and zero, three and zero because homie with the point deduction also then won the fight like two minutes <laughs> later. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna so Mike, uh, his listen, his presence is still felt here, and he tweeted um, as as Muhammad was uh, before you know the decision. I think as it was being read or before it was even read, that uh, Muhammad he was like, please, he tweeted, please, please, do not try and call out Kamara Usman, do not try and call out Colby Covington. He just doesn't think Muhammad <laughs> is gonna get those fights. I'm kind of more of like that. It doesn't hurt to call people out because you know you, you, fortune favors the bold. You never know what will happen. We've certainly seen stranger callouts result in uh, fights actually happening. But I, I do see where he's coming from. So he wanted Muhammad to campaign for the Shamaya fight. It's a fight that Muhammad has mentioned wanting before. So I think Mike thinks uh, that he should just he should just um, stay, stay the course, stay the course, and be the guy to derail the Shamayev hype. And after, after, of course, you know, going the distance with Gilbert Burns, a lot of people are thinking, you know, he's not quite as invincible as he used to be. Uh, maybe someone like Muhammad is the guy uh, who has the, has the gas tank and has the skill set to defuse the Shamayev. I'm not sure I agree, but I just, I did want to, uh, I, I didn't, like I said, you said, uh, I'm not super invested in the Muhammad storyline at the moment. I think he's a great fighter. I just don't know if he factors into the title picture in a relevant way right now so i'm, I'm just gonna speak for mike here and say if i could wave my magic wand it would be shamayev versus uh versus muhammad though uh jed i've been i've been of the we don't want to go into a whole shamayev chat here because we could go on forever but i've been of the you know the mind that i want to see uzman call him out and make that fight happen sooner rather than later especially after that burns performance where if you're uzman you're like man i really really think i can beat this guy now um he's not in his prime yet uh, do you agree with that would you want to see uzman and shamayev happen 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the fight I've I've been kind of thinking we were going to get. I thought he was going to get it over Edwards, and then the way the fight with Burns happened, it makes sense that Edwards gets the next one up. It's the fight I am in the welterweight division. Usman Shamayev is the fight I'm by far the most interested in. I think they are the two best welterweights in the world right now. I have had them one and two in my personal rankings for all year, uh, basically, maybe even dating back to last year. I, I don't remember exactly when that happened for me, but um, it, it's certainly the fight I want the most. If I could wave the magic wand, that's the fight I'd be making happen sometime later this year. But, you know, we'll see. It, we'll get it eventually. Just I'd love to get it now. I, I'd be that's how I mean, that's how I approach my main journal is I want it now. Don't make, why am I waiting? Always why are we being made to wait? Give it to me. I don't want my vegetables. Dessert first. <laughs> Dessert always. Uh, let's talk about the, I almost said co-main event. Okay, this is the, listen. It's not. Listen, thank this you. This is your you speech know. about co-main You know, you know. Stuff. I'm not going to go on this whole rant. Respectfully. No, I agree with you right <laughs> yeah. now. I don't usually, Bruce. but in this specific instance, <laughs> right? I absolutely agree. Respectfully to Kaya Baraglio and. An ultimate fight. Godzi Omar Godziev. This is the penultimate fight on the card. Second last fight. It's not a co-main event. There's no title implications. Neither guy is ranked. Both men were making their UFC debuts and not guys like from other promotions, making like other major promotions who like held titles for another promotion or something making their UFC debuts. This is two, con two very talented contender series guys who uh, certainly I'm not against them being on the main card. I mean, the whole point of contender series, we're supposed to be exposed to new talents, but I think, Again, slotting it in there and, and insisting it's a co-main event was a bit much. Uh, the second last fight in the guard, Carl Baraglio. And as we mentioned, uh, Baraglio looked great in the fight, was well on his way to winning, but uh, you know, kind of didn't have to fight another minute because he landed a pretty clear illegal knee and, uh, and uh, was, the, was the recipient of the second technical uh, decision win of the night. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Baraglio, uh, Jed, before uh, giving us your pick for this uh, this? possible middleweight future middleweight contender i don't want to dive into <laughs> the nonsense of dqs and how they should work other than to say baraglio was is the better fighter and one hundred thousand percent should have been disqualified yes he threw an objectively illegal strike which had a point deducted for it and led to the end of the bout which should absolutely just result in a DQ, but you know, Tan Dan was was feeling like, oh, it's you know, it's not that bad or whatever. I can't speak for the man, um, but he made some choices, and that went to a, a technical decision, which he obviously won despite the point deduction. It, it, it's so, so weird because the deduction, all it did was change the final score. It literally had no effect and, on. Yeah, and ended the bout earlier because yeah. you know he got to cheat and then win. <laughs> It's very strange. It's very dumb that what we do don't punish cheating. And I'm I know that some people would be very mad. And my response to you is this is the only sport that doesn't punish cheating. <laughs> like it's just at least not properly. At least not like, like it's just it's so the benefits of doing it so clearly outweigh the potential penalty, if any, if there is yeah. any penalty. And it's all just very it's all very interpretive, which is super weird that like, well. I don't know. Dan thought that that wasn't intentional. So sure. He thought it, he, he thought that it threaded the window of not being intentional, but being damaging enough to warrant a point deduction when realistically, is it damaging enough? Like, 
it it ended the fight, but also that fight was stopping anyway. It's just a very stupid thing that we have that 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 those rules are open to interpretation. When instead it's hey he he threw a strike that was illegal and that's it. Because you know who didn't do anything wrong in that fight? There's one guy, and it's only a two person fight. And Godziev, he he didn't cheat. No, and yet is punished because he didn't cheat. So that's a great thing to reinforce. Whatever we're spending what, too much. What is next? Yes. What is next for world. what is next for this man who uh, right now is one to know with a technical decision in the UFC? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can go a lot of places because I will say we'll be saying Bra- that a lot. I feel like for the next oh forever. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll say this: Braulio looked great. He did. Um, and uh, our own Guillermo Cruz told me earlier this week that his previous nickname, Carl de Combi, I think is what it was loosely translates to face like a vw van which is just my new favorite nickname in the history of fight sport um so i, I there's a lot to like about Baraglio here and i thought he looked really really good uh to but because he's still so new like you can't you can't rush him i i just went for uh anthony hernandez you know he's coming off that win over josh friend last weekend um, and that seems like a pretty requisite step up here to kind Damn. of see what Baraglio's got and go from there. That's pretty tough. That's a pretty stiff matchup, I think. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Because Hernandez is only... He looked really good. I want to I see did look fight good. somebody that's like real. Yeah. But also, I can't give him somebody in the top 20. Yeah, I'm seeing there's there's definitely uh, was a reason why there was hype behind Braglio. I didn't pick him, of course, because I'm an idiot. Um, and you know, look, I saw him facing like a Russian wrestler guy. I'm like Russian wrestler guy. It's got to be another, yeah. this, another, another Habib. It's just a whole lineup of Habibs, you know. So I very, very casual pick on my part. And uh, yeah, no, Kyle Braulio looked great. Uh, yeah, I went, but hey, listen, I, I, I want to see. Him, I, I have see another him. one, and I hope you picked it. Well, I want to see him fight another Russian. I want to see him fight. Uh, what's this guy's nickname? The the Black Wolf, Aliashkab Kizriev, uh, okay. who was victorious last month. Mm-hmm. Less than a month ago, I should say now. Um, and, uh, you know, some people have the mentality, and I do sometimes as well, of, oh, I, well, let's keep kind of up-and-coming prospects away from each other. In this case, I just want to smash them together. I said, just smash them together. Let's 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 uh, let's fast-track like a contender here. Let's let's There's other guys in middleweight coming up. Let's keep clock, smashing these guys together until one of them is like 3-0 and or 4-0 four, four in the UFC, and boom, you have yourself a contender. So I know people don't like that. I know people want to build up multiple contenders at once. And I still feel like you can, because I don't believe a loss is a death sentence to a prospect's chances of coming up. Uh, so yeah, for me, it doesn't matter to me who wins. I think both guys are super talented. It's just a matchup I'd like to see. Both guys from the contender series um, who had to deal with kind of their, their, their debuts getting delayed. So uh, no more wasting time. Throw can them in I, there together. Yeah, what do you got? I just, I just want to see how you feel about it. Because this one... Look, listeners, when I said I'm bringing the, the chaos hammer, this is it. Because if I had the magic wand, this is the fight I'm making. My magic wand fight is none other than Michelle Pahea. Because I know that Michelle Pahea is a welterweight, but mm. Michelle Pahea is a light heavyweight masquerading as a welterweight. Clearly. The man is enormous. And I want to see both of them just throw jumping knees and get into all sorts of shenanigans because that fight would make zero sense but be unbelievably fun i'm amazed that if you're gonna go break out the pull the demolador card that you didn't suggest him for this next man andre fialo 
because who, you who says I didn't. <laughs> and that's not illegal. I mean, listen, we've never had a rule here. I mean, it's kind of unwritten rule. Uh, I, so I'll throw my Fiala pick first. I, I'm again, I just want to throw this man in bangers. Uh, I think he's been so well. Oh, oh well, he already they already fought, didn't they? That's I mean, that's where I, that's where they, I went wrong with it, didn't I? They, they just they, they literally they literally just, fought. just beat him. But yeah, yeah, I guess that's why. I mean, he couldn't go that way. As I always say, more Michelle Pahea, more better. Sure, he just fight to run that one back. That was a great fight. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry guys, I, I had a uh, you know not no brain. Fire. I broke one of our no golden rules, which was to not recognize someone had a rematch. But look, listen, we're flying a bit fancy free this time. Mike's usually the one who handles chaos all this, hammer, baby. Yeah, chaos hammer. Uh, anyway, obviously that's not where I went with Fialho because when I was making my picks. I did remember they'd already fought as opposed to just now. Uh, I keep those guys bangers. Danny Roberts and Francisco Trinaldo are fighting next mm. month. UFC 274, May 7th. I say take the winner of that. Throw him in the, the Fialo. Roberts probably a, a more favorable style matchup, but Trinaldo would be a fun fight as well. So I'll go with that. Listen, Fiala was miscast as a, you know, PFL contender uh, trying to, you know, it'd be great. I'm sure he wanted to go for that million dollars. What he's meant to do is be a UFC fight of the night, knockout of the night, like bonus collector. That's, that's, that this is, I feel like his future. I don't know how long it's going to last his style. Pretty, pretty uh, smash mouth. Uh, but I think he's going to have some good times for as long as the news. I hope he gets at least 10, 12 fights or however many he needs and it gets a bunch of bonuses and then retires a happy man. Uh, and I think matching up with one of these guys could lead to uh, another bonus for for somebody, if not, if not him. So the, that's where I went I with think him. you and I are on the same page. What are you thinking? Max Griffin, baby. Just, yeah. Just chuck hammers, man. Yep. I just get two boys in there just swinging them things. <laughs> that's... I was that was like the first thing I thought I watched. I was like, I would very much like to see Max Griffin fight this man. That would be very enjoyable. Yeah, this is one of those guys who look, if he happens to string together three or four wins someday, then we'll start talking about oh, how does he climb the rankings? And who who can we give him the top 15? But right now, who gives an S about that? All right. We he just fight Neil Magny and he gets attacked with a bunch <laughs> exactly. and it's not exciting. But exactly. instead, you could just have him throwing them things, baby. Let's go. <laughs> They fight Neil Magny when Neil Magny's going for win number uh, whatever 38 in the welterweight division 500. Yeah. Uh, as we said, a lot of this card was people making their debuts or changing divisions or fighting in weight class. Shout out to William Knight and, and Devin Clark fighting at heavyweight for some reason. Uh, and we had that with Myra Maeda Bueno Silva as well, who sounds like she's sticking around at 135. Uh, she got this win over a uh, scrappy Wu Yanan. They got themselves a nice, uh, nice extra chunk of change with a fight of the night bonus. But uh, <laughs> it seems like a silly question because, uh, you know, Bantamweight's a little it's a little thin. Is she a contender, Jed? And if so, uh, what's the next fight for her to get her uh, moving up those Bantamweight rankings? I mean, she's a Bantamweight, so I guess by definition she's a contender because that division is thin on the ground, baby. But this was – I think this was the hardest one for me um, because she's moving into Bantamweight and there just aren't – like a ton of options and especially not options that like, you know, God love them. They, they won fight of the night, a solid scrap, but I don't, you know, she lost convincingly to Manon Fioro, who is obviously a, an extremely good flyweight, but that doesn't give me, it doesn't make me think, Oh yeah. MBS is going to, going to wreck house up, up a division. It's just like, all right, is what it is. Uh, I settled on Jessica Rose Clark. I know oh. um, JRC is coming off off that loss to Stephanie Egger. Um, I, this was honestly the the most difficult one of these to pick, uh, and I was just trying to find somebody, you know, outside of the top fifteen twenty, uh, but has it 
as some experience. If we're being honest, this is mostly a let's get JRC a win. Like let's let's get Jesse Jess back on the winning winning track here. So I do like how how uh, easily you whipped out those initials uh, for MBS JRC. It's hard to say. Uh, they're those names where I could just yeah. say three letters, and that's no, why. And it, we've done we do it with JDS, RDA. Yeah. It's almost it's a little bit like in in uh, other sports, specifically at basketball, where like oh James McGrady, oh T Mac, James yeah. Richardson, J Rich. It's like we kind of gave up on nicknames there for a while. <laughs> and, so, and so for well, some of these, T Mac's a great name though. T Mac is a great name. That's like one of the first ones when it was like really cool, yeah. and then everyone started just like oh let's just do that with all everybody. D, D Wade, and it's like okay you can, but like. Can we not do a better job with these nicknames? T Mac is a classic, um, but yeah, it's funny. I never realized with with uh, three. I guess we have more. I guess it's more of a common thing at MMA too. Uh, athletes who go by the, triple the by triple names for whatever reason. So anyway, that was that was slick, Jed. That was slick. Uh, I just said uh, Carol Hosa, probably a little yeah, but a bit higher ranked than than both of them than both uh, Jessica Rose Clark and yeah. Maeda Bruno Silva, but uh, fine now. Could be a fun matchup. Carol uh, Hosa. I want to see where she is after taking that loss. Um, I want to see if she can put on a convincing performance against MBS, then hey, Kelda Hosa, you're right back in there fighting for that top 10 spot, you know, getting closer to a title shot. So fun matchup there. Now, one of the most dominant performances of the night, which I feel like we're not going to, people aren't going to be talking about a lot afterwards, because again, there was so much controversy tonight and Bilal Muhammad was so impressed in the main event. Uh, Pat Sabatini, Pat Sabatini making short work of a uh, Canadian guy, TJ Laramie. Uh, Sabatini, a great grappler, a great wrestler, probably needs a signature finish to really get on Dana White and the matchmakers like radar as far as wanting to like push him up through the rankings. But he's 4-0 now at Featherweight. That's not easy. I have Featherweight's a super tough division. 4-0 at Featherweight uh, in the UFC's loaded 145-pound division. Uh, but this is another decision win for him. I saw, uh, based on a lot of the DMs I got, and uh, as what I saw on social media, it seems to be an obvious pick here. I don't know if you're going in that same direction, Ooh, Jed. I have no idea what the obvious oh, okay. pick is. I'm sure I'm not. So I, I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, I, you know, I, I think if you wanted to give uh, to give Sabatini like the full rub and get him get him a guy who's a fringe contender, like fringe top fifteen, I. Uh, that still feels early to me, but I'm not opposed to it. But instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna basically go one step down. Give me give me Hakeem Duwadu, like uh, you Another know Duwadu is just like right outside. He has that loss to Mov, uh, to Movsar that kind of set him back from making into a ranking, and so he's building back up. And I think that'd be a really fun fight. Make him the uh, the the Canadian killer. I was, all I was about to say. Also, like he's coming. He just fought a a guy from the Great White North. Just keep that energy going. Let's wow. build. Let's build him I, a brand. I don't know. I feel attacked a little bit. Tristan Connolly also his UC debut. Uh, so that'd be Tristan Connolly, it'd be Laramie, and they'd be Beast Dawadu. I don't know if I like. It's I feel, not as good as the Gracie Killer, but it that you can build on that. I feel you a little attacked here. Being the Canadian killer. I feel a little attacked here. I'll be honest, but it's not a bad. <laughs> it's not a bad gimmick to have. Uh, so the name that I saw a lot was uh, Ryan Hall. Now yeah, I, I thought go ahead, about Jared, it. Go ahead. I just, I don't know, man. <laughs> what do you, what do you think? I mean, because we want a grappler versus grappler. Now I listen, I, uh, now Jed, I, I normally refrain from booking Ryan Hall against anyone on the show. Ryan Hall, as we know, the goat, one of the undefeated, undefeated, undefeated in MMA. And I do not like to book people against mm-hmm. him because I do not like to hand out death sentences. That is not, you know me, I abhor violence in general. And I certainly don't like to like essentially put someone in the against the firing squad by putting them in the cage 
with the animal that is Ryan Hall. However, because I so rarely, I so rarely mention his name as a, as a matchmaking option, I will do it here. I do, I do like it. I think rankings wise, it makes sense. It's funny. I'm looking at Sabatini right now. I actually have him ranked still really low, just because he just need, he hasn't one missing kind of a signature win, and two, um, you know, the level of competition at featherweight is so great, and he hasn't faced anyone in like the top thirty. So, so he's still behind like a lot of people, but that's, I could see him rising up really quickly. Ryan Hall, I have in my top 25. Uh, well, really, well, I have him in my top 25 because he's, he's number one, which is in the top 25. It so is. technically, yeah. So um, this might be the win that uh, Sabatini needs to kind of get himself in there. Again, grappler's delight. If it's going to be the last fight of your career, you could do a lot worse than Ryan Hall. So I'll, I'll go with the, with the voice of the people and I'll stick with that. Yeah, I thought about it. I didn't see that from because obviously you're plugged into that more than I am. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't hate it. I am always feel I am less interested in watching Ryan Hall take on grapplers than watching him submit strikers. It's just so much funnier to me to watch him use his weird almost capoeira e kicking game, just staying as far away as possible until he gets a tie up and then suddenly he's breaking a man's foot off. Like that is a much more interesting thing than watching him like, oh, this guy who's fun grappler is probably just going to sprawl and brawl. <laughs> listen, listen, nothing will be funnier than the Gray Maynard fight, which is, and Gray Maynard's kind of in between, a strong grappler, but he kind of likes- It's amongst fell, the funniest fights that ever happened. <laughs> he, he definitely fell in love with the striking later on and thought, okay, look, listen, Ryan Hall's not going to take me down. I'm definitely going to smoke this guy on the feet. And what happened was, again, one of the strangest, like a fight that was like straight yes. out of like UFC's, the single digit UFC events, not a modern UFC event. For anyone who hasn't seen Ryan Hall versus uh, Greg Maynard, fight. definitely hit that one up on Fight Pass or ESPN Plus. I don't know what you guys use in the US, but uh, just, a, just a bizarre fight pass because it's so old. <laughs> just a bizarre, strange fight uh, that Ryan Hall won by unanimous decision and rightfully so. But uh, Greg Maynard was was not happy with how that fight went. <laughs> Maynard was confused the whole time. He was like a cobra with a snake trauma, just moving. Now we have one last main card fight before uh, we get to our wild card picks. Uh, we're, I didn't want to spend too much time with this one, Jed. Undeniably a great performance by uh, Munir Lazez, one of the uh, uh, most exciting strikers, I think, at 170 pounds. I'll just get my pick out right of the way. I said, uh, I'll get my pick out of the way right away. Excuse me, English. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, I think a great fight, but um, considering his post-fight comments where he referred to uh, uh, Daniel Kinahan, a notorious figure, uh, alleged criminal in Ireland, who was uh, was all over the headlines this week uh, after the the U.S. is apparently offering a five million dollar reward uh, to disrupt him and his cartel. Uh, Lazez afterwards made a point to take the microphone during his post-fight speech and and thank Kinahan. Uh, he is part of uh, the the MMA uh, management group that Kinahan is, runs. Didn't really back down in the post-fight comments. Uh, he did an interview backstage. Anyway, Jed, uh, he, he's tied to Daniel Kinahan. It's bad. It's bad news. What, what was your what did you have to say about him? And uh, who would you who or what would you match him up with? This sport is ridiculous um, because, like, one, got to respect him in the post-fight, pretending as if he didn't know that Kinahan had a really bad week by being like, no, I just really wanted to shout him out because, obviously, <laughs> like, he's absolute lunacy. Um, honestly, when it happened, I had to go rewind and play. I was like, he didn't just do that, did he? 
Like, surely he didn't just shout out Daniel Kinahan the week Daniel Kinahan had a $5 million bounty put on him by the U.S. government and ESPN and, and top-ranked top boxing were like, yeah, we don't associate with Or like, what a power move. was as unbelievable, this sport sometimes. Uh, you know, if you're being real, uh, just rebook the Elizabeth Dos Santos fight. You know, that was what was supposed to happen for Lezez. You just run that back. But I think, uh, you know, maybe just just him, Lezez versus the American justice system, because he's he's standing hard for for this man who is like sanctioned aggressively by things. It's it's wild. And I will also say last point on this. The funniest outcome, maybe, of the whole evening is, sure, M- uh, MBS and uh, oh, um, Wu Yanan, one fight of the night, quote-unquote, feels a lot like that should have gone to Lizez Lusa, but because of that post-fight statement, they were just like, we're not going to give you. So not only did he cost himself 50 grand with that shout out, he also just cost his opponent 50 grand by out of nowhere, shouting out a notorious mob boss. See, I, I disagree. They should have given him the bonus and then uh, found a way to track where that money, the accounts to where that money goes to. I feel, I feel but I think you're right. I think Dude, I, there's I, no way that they were just naturally going to give fight of the night to MBS. You, you, you know the law very well. And it does feel like shouting out your and making a clear, clear connection to a crime boss who's who's now has a bounty in his head. It feels like a bad, the bad move, a bad business decision for yourself. And like legitimately, he's probably getting a knock on the door or at least a, a phone call tonight from the authorities. Like, hey, we're looking for the whereabouts of this man who you are very fond of your close pal your close friend and uh what do you call him in the post fight um mentor or something like that something like that yeah uh yeah so we're trying to get in touch with him would you be able to connect us to your close friend and mentor here's oh, five million dollars for it, which we, is a healthy purse we have not heard the last of this let me tell you something this 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 what should have been a throwaway post-fight speech for the main card opener uh that's that's the story of the night is, sure. is arguably the story that beyond Bilal muhammad's been beyond the technical the two technical decisions uh this clearly strong association with the alleged uh crime alert uh okay uh i well i want to give you the last word jen i don't want to keep you for too much longer and I still, so I still want to give you the last word. That would have been a great note to go out on. But we do do a wild card segment here and on to the next one where we pick any fighter we want, a winner from the prelims, a loser from any portion of the card. Um, so I'll, I do want to give you the last word. I'll just go first. It's kind of a boring pick anyway. Boring pick, but a great fight. Jakar Close coming back for the first time in two years. Uh, the UFC from a mystery uh, injury. What happened? The UFC, Why I don't know. UFC, UFC never years. mentioned it. I just think it just wasn't around. We don't, we don't, UFC I don't recall. weird. I don't recall anything happening. Jeremy Stevens isn't under contract anymore, so I don't know. Why do you mention him? Like, why do you even mention Jeremy Stevens? What do you have to do with? I don't recall. Did he have something with some interaction with Jacar Close that may have led to an injury and Jacar Close not fighting for two years? I don't recall that exactly. But uh, yes, anyway, uh, all facetious aside, it was great to see Jacar Close back after the horrible, horrible uh, injury that was caused by such a stupid incident with Jeremy Stevens. uh, and and get a victory and a fifty thousand dollar bonus. Six and two now in the UFC. 
the last time he lost was to, I mean, Benil Dariush, and there was no shame in that. And he was, that was a super competitive fight that uh, I think some people said, some people say he was on his way to winning um, before, before he got finished. So, uh, so this guy is right up there. I'm happy to throw him back into the contender circle. I'm giving him a guy who's personally in my UFC top 15, Brad Riddell. I think that's a great fight. I see a lot of people matching up Brad. Very popular name on Otno. I, again, someone who I haven't used recently. Um, I maybe because I was saving him for just the right moment. Brad Riddell, Jacquard Close. Uh, I think that's the one to, to again, kind of keep one of these guys in the mix. And uh, who knows? So possibly get that either them closer to a number one contenders fight and maybe even a, a title shot someday stranger things have happened but uh where are you going with this one jed well i think we both know where you're going oh yeah we know and i going. and i am not going to stop you that was i just want to say well done i think Thank the brad you. riddell fight also is way better than mark marco madsen what a yeah what, a what was his beef with uh, what was his beef with Mar- marco madsen anyway just no idea wants to no take problem. that out he wants to take that out right Undefeated. Doesn't like olympic silver medalist <laughs> guess, yeah bronze medalist yeah. i don't know um Look, there's only the only reason I'm on the show, frankly, is is for this exact moment, and it's it's to right a wrong because AK a, a wrong a many wrongs transpired this week, and don't get me wrong, we talked about a lot of them, but the biggest one we haven't gotten there yet is we talked earlier about the co-main event or the the penultimate fight. Yes, and there was a co-main event available for this card, and they mm-hmm. chose not to do it because they did a very very <laughs> dumb thing instead. Two very very dumb things, I guess. And in the prelims, they put uh, one of the greatest living at combat sports athletes, Chris Barnett, was one on the prelims, which is categorically insane. That man is a star. He's not going to be a great fighter, but he is a star, and that's all that matters. He also shouldn't be at the apex anymore. He's, he's too good for the apex. He's way too good. Also, he needs as much space as possible. <laughs> uh, give that man all the room in the world. And they put him against Martin Boudet, who's like... Oh decent but whatever <laughs> no one's here for that um and big and can just do a bunch of things it was terrible and then it ended stupidly because of dumb technical decision stuff we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about what should have happened and what should have happened ak is you put huggy bear chris barnett the great one of the greatest living americans spanish uh, spaniards both i'm not sure his citizenship how that works but you put him in the co-main and he should have been in against the exact physical opposite of him who also was competing and also lost tonight, William Knight. And that the, the visual optics alone are stellar. There's if uh, somebody said it earlier tonight, if, if that's not a fight that's happening, what are we even doing with our time and our energy here? Joe Silva would have booked that instantaneously. And, you know, beef with Joe Silva, plenty of problems with Joe Silva, but you could never deny that man knew how to have a good time with, with the book. And you put Chris Barnett against William Knight and you put it in the co-main event and boy, how buddy I'm showing up. I'm, I'm there with bells on and I'm, I will tell people before that fight card tune in because this is going to be incredible television for however long this fight lasts. And so that's it. That's my wild card all day. And for the record, uh, we we talk about the contrast in their bodies. They're both stunning in their own way. I want oh. that to be clear. I want that to be clear. We are not. And Chris making... Barnett is a is a, a handsome man. He's a and beautiful. He's a beautiful man. I don't like to describe. Uh, I think athletes in general, and I don't like to describe as beautiful. So it's, you know, we're 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 respected members of the media here, Chad. You know, we try to we try to be objective and not 
be objective not. and not objectify people at the same time. He's a beautiful man. Uh, and, and so is William Knight, you know, God bless them both. And uh, he's, just got, he's got that great energy and you just need more of that. Yeah. Energy. And yeah. you need to see him fight William Knight because how do you not, how, I just don't under, I feel like Sean Shelby when he like, actually like he, he made the fights and didn't think about it. And then he got there and he saw like he fight week and was like, I, I messed up. <laughs> I, I dropped the ball. Hand up guys, hand up. I screwed this one up. We're going to fix it the next time out. Now I know the fight to make William Knight, Huggy Bear. Let's go, baby. Yes. Look, this is a business of second chances and there's still time to do the right thing. And I think, and I think we will, I think we'll both men look, both men took tough losses and both men are now. So both are in that, that same, uh, that same lose quote unquote loser circle. They're not really losers, but loser circle for lack of a better term. And uh, I, I hope we see that fight happen for the end of the year. Shout out to William Knight, by the way, who, who met, you know, biggest weight miss in history last time out and that boy is loving the heavyweight lifestyle coming in at 250 something for this fight just not having to cut to 205 he is thriving in his new weight class and i couldn't be more excited for him god bless america happy easter everyone and and thank you jed for uh for joining me for this first part of the show we will get to the we will get to the listener picks in a moment guys you guys are about again there's no mic here so uh listeners you guys are about to take over the show but really uh please everyone give a give a hearty round of applause if you're if you're listening wherever you are driving jogging however you listen to your podcast give a hearty round of applause for for jet machine love you guys and happy birthday okay sad to do it sad to do it The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, 
live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. All right, everybody, welcome back for the second part of the show. Uh, this is the listener portion, uh, as a, you guys are always highly anticipating. Wasn't that great, though, having Jed around? Now, unfortunately, our, our pal Jed Mishu had to run. Uh, and as, I, as, you, you know, as you know from the beginning of the show, Mike Heck on a well-deserved vacation. So it's just you and me, guys. Let's share this and treasure this intimate moment together. Uh, thankfully, as always, you guys are bringing the great suggestions on Twitter, on Instagram DMs, on email. Uh, so without further ado, let's start off with Twitter. Oh, oh, what am I doing? So this is why Mike usually runs the show. Uh, I, I should read out our usual disclaimer, guys. Uh, you know, for any new listeners, of course, we do have rules here on the show. We do like to keep some sort of order. Uh, so let me see what my latest version is of the disclaimer. You know, again, rules rule, guys. I always say that. It's fun. It's great to matchmake and say all this crazy, all this crazy jazz. But we do like to have some sort of guidelines to follow. You know, just so you guys aren't making making these picks willy nilly. Now we do have we do have no points. You know, the most treasured currency in all of MMA, probably in all of sports, maybe the world. You know, sorry, Marshall, Rogan, Inu, or whatever that of crypto is. People are really saving up their Otno points for the apocalypse. So, and to put their kids through college or whatever reason people use points for. So we like to have a categories rule. If you guys really want one of these precious Otno points for yourself, if you somehow make a pick that no one else picks, you get a point for yourself. Otherwise, you share a point, and that's great. Our listeners, you know, you guys are, are so brilliant with your picks. It's impossible. It's almost impossible for anyone to have one pick just to themselves. But if it happens, I will make note of it. You guys might have just made a mistake too. Uh, to try to avoid this wrong weight class. It might be two people that fought already recently and you don't seem to remember that. Someone's injured, released, fighter could already be booked. Please try to keep track of these things before sending me your picks. Today I might let a few slide through guys. I didn't have the time to uh, quite get the prep I, done that I usually do. So some of these mistakes might make it through. Uh, but I'll be happy to be corrected, guys. Send, send me DMs if, uh, if I read out picks that just make no sense. And uh, and we'll, we'll share in the mistake together. Uh, your, pick just might be, your pick might just be doo-doo. And, and I don't want to read it. That's really the golden rule every week. All right. So uh, we'll go again. Like I said, guys, we're going pretty freestyle here. First, Christopher at Aguiar MMA on Twitter. Uh, first time, long time. I always like to read the newbies. So uh, five winners, one loser. They said here, how about Alateng Haile versus Javid Basharat? Great matchup. Jordan Levitt versus Matt Frivola. <laughs> Penny Kianzad versus pregnant Yana Kunitskaya. Now listen. Listen, Christopher. That one, of, one of last week's golden rules, I think it was last week, was stop matchmaking for Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, she's, she hasn't, I don't even think she's given birth yet. Uh, whenever she decides to, whenever she, you know, does become, uh, does have a ch her child, 
she might not be in a rush to get back right away. It could be well over a year till we see Yana Kuniskaya fight again. Or not. Or maybe she will decide to, uh, you know, as soon as she's healthy enough and, and fit enough to do it, get back in the octagon. But let's try and avoid this. But Chris, it's your first time, so we'll allow it. Uh, Sabatini. <laughs> oh, I think he meant to cross it out. Penny. Uh, his other suggestion, I guess, was Penny Kianzad versus uh, Macy Chess. And, of course, a rematch of, of the Ultimate Fighter finale that uh, Macy Chess and won. That seems more likely. So we'll ignore the Yana pick for now. Sabatini versus Hakeem Dawadu, as Jen Mishu suggested. Uh, Munir Lazez versus Court McGee. That'd be a good one. And uh, Vicente Luque versus Sean Brady. All right, Christopher, thank you for those. And uh, Jake Marshall sounds familiar, but I think this is his first time actually formally sending in picks. Maybe he's messaged me and Mike at the same time before. Uh, so Jake Marshall at J underscore Marsh 99 on Twitter. Uh, they just want to say, I think a William Knight, Chris Burnett matchup at heavyweight could be loads of fun. Uh, sorry for breaking the rules on this one. I'm not sure what rule you broke, Jake, but uh, as you heard from Jed, we're so, so down on a Chris Burnett William Knight fight. So thank you for sending that in. Uh, what else we got here? At Nutshot Ipoke uh, wants to see Sabatini Ryan Hall, of course, and uh, Buena Silva Jesse Jet again. Another pick that Jed made. So they're, they're really, they're really, uh, he's really in tune with the people. I, I was serious about that. He, uh, Nutshot Ipoke also wants to see Luke K. Burns. Now, this has kind of come up in other episodes. And I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but they're very vocal about their friendship. It's pretty clear they really would not fight each other unless a UFC title was on the line. So anything short of that, I don't think you would ever see Luke K. and Burns step into the octagon. Um, we mentioned it before. Burns was in at the UFC Apex night cheering Luke K. on, just shouting his lungs out, wanting to see his, his, uh, his pal get the win. So, um, yeah, I don't think we see that fight anytime soon. But thank you at Nutshot Ipoke for the suggestions. Four Corner Sports NY. Always bring in the picks. What do we got here? Luque versus uh, Jorge Masvidal. He's called for this fight previously. I've been so, so, so in support of it. I don't know if Masvidal has reached that point yet where he realizes that he should be uh, taking fights that aren't necessarily against like the most famous people. I think he just has to stay busy. He has a new contract with the UFC. I'm not sure how much. I'm not sure if it's because he's getting pay-per-view points that he does. He doesn't want to necessarily fight outside the top five, top six, or, or you know, marquee names. But Luke is such a fun matchup for him. I hope that fight can happen. Uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. Kyle Baraglio versus Treshawn Gore. I think Kyle is pretty advanced for Treshawn at this point. I know Treshawn's really talented, and I know people really like him. Um, he was, of course, recently on the Ultimate Fighter. And people thought he would have won um, if he hadn't gotten if he hadn't been forced to withdraw from the finale. Though he did end up losing to Brian Battle anyway. Uh, I I think Kyle's a little bit too much for Trishan Gore. I don't like that that matchup for Trishan. Andre Fialio, Andre Fialo versus Nico Price. That's going to happen someday. Uh, Pat Sabatini, Billy Quarantillo, Drakkar Close versus Joel Alvarez, Chris Barnett versus Parker Porter. I like that. I still like the William Knight pick more, but that could be fun. Devin Clark versus Khalil Roundtree. Uh, and uh, Four Corner Sports wants an Otno point for Neil Magny versus Shavkat Rachmanov, which is uh, reportedly going to take place June 25th. Uh, I feel like this is one other people suggested, but uh, so Four Corner Sports NY, you may have to share this point. If not, it's your point, and even if you have to share it, you're the only person I'm mentioning. So uh, well done on picking that one. Chris Martin, not the lead singer of Coldplay, at Chris G. Martin on Twitter. Uh, here are my auto picks. Muhammad versus Edwards Usman Loser. Again, guys, that fight's not even official yet. Luke versus Michael Chiesa. Uh, they just 
they what when did they last fight that can't have been that long ago that was literally a fight like one fight ago come on chris martin what are we doing what are you doing all right now now i have to scrutinize this a little bit a little bit closer Braille versus the Jordan Wright, Mark Andre Berio, loser. Yeah, sure. Vialio versus Lazez. Yes, that would be a super, super fun fight. Fight. I would love to see that. Uh, I'm gonna skip some of these here. Sabatini versus Julian Arosa. I dig it. Devin Clark versus Nico Negomarianu. Excuse me, guys. I'm to clear my throat there. Uh, Panny Kianzad versus Carol Hosa. So there you go. Um, going different direction for Carol there than I picked. Martin Budai versus Justin Taffa. I think Justin Taffa was released. Let me, you're, you're gonna hear the clacking of my keys here, guys, as I as I look this up. Pretty sure he is no longer with the UFC. Not sure where I got that information from. Well, if I'm wrong, uh, well, Justin, um, I, I owe you an apology. That was uh, a little fake news there, guys. I like to, I like to keep you on the show. Oh, no, he beat, he beat Harry Hunsucker. I apologize, I'm sorry, he beat Harry Hunsucker. Uh, December 2021, and uh, he withdrew from a fight. There you go, with Jake Collier. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm remembering him being removed from something, uh, not the UFC roster. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. I, Chris sent me a second message. He meant, he meant, he didn't, he he didn't mean to put Luke Chiesa. He said that was intended for Bilal. Give me Luke versus Jeff Neal. Okay, so Chris. Uh, my finger of shame has stopped wagging your direction. Thank you for uh, clarifying. So you meant Luke and Jeff Neal. I'm in. I'm into that. Uh, at T N O expert or ain't no expert on Twitter. Uh, Muhammad versus Burns. Bueno Silva versus Raquel Pennington. Wow, that'd be a huge step up. Raquel, of course, was victorious last week. Uh, heavyweight Devin Clark versus Shamil Abdurakhimov. Man, these are some tough, some tough matchups for the Saturday's winners. Uh, Penny Kanzad versus Irene Aldana, Drakkar Close versus Drew Dober, uh, Rafa Garcia, I say Rafa, excuse me, Rafa Garcia versus Michael Morales, the prodigy, and uh, Budai versus Parker Porter. Marcus McGahey, a regular on this show, who is dubbed this episode the Remember the Name Marcus McGahey edition. <laughs> He uh he wants some extra recognition because uh, I skipped we skipped quite a few people last week uh, we were in a bit of a rush with last week's show. Uh, Marcus wants Muhammad versus Burns, Boralio versus Cody Brundage, Fialio versus Brian Barberina. God, so many fun fights for Andre Fialio. Breno Silva versus Lena Landsberg. That's kind of an interesting choice because Lena just of course just lost on Saturday to uh, to Penny. Uh, I don't know if you give her someone in the winner's circle, but Breno Silva very new to one thirty five. Certainly possible. Pat Sa- uh, Sabatini, excuse me, versus uh, Zub- Zubaira Tukugov. And Lazez versus Matt Brown. Marcus writes, it's a cruel sport, but barring uh, Brown versus Court McGee, I'm not sure what to do with Matt Brown. This option does strike me as being slightly more forgiving than the Fialio option. Uh, Devin Clark versus Ed Herman. That's one of those fights you feel like has to have happened already, right? Drakkar Close versus Vince Pichel. Uh, I'm just trying to see what other matchups we got here that are worth mentioning. Uh, Alateng versus Bashra, another one for that. So there you go. People talk about it. Uh, and uh, Marcus Gunny says he's called for that one already. So after the ba- Basharat uh, made a successful debut. So there you go. She just wants to keep that one going. And Sean Haywood, our last one on Twitter. Alateng Haile versus Miles Johns. Sam Hughes versus Diana Belbita. 
Jordan Levitt versus Jai Herbert, uh, Budai versus Jared Vendera, Rafa Garcia versus Fares Ziam, Drakkar Close versus Hanato Moikano. That's really good. I, I, I want Moikano to fight uh, Marco Madsen. So, uh, so close. That's why close. I didn't pick uh, him and Marco Madsen. So, Marco Madsen. Excuse me. So there's some there's some weird synergy there. Kianzad versus Aspen Lad. I love that. I think that's the right way to go. Lazez versus Warley Alves. I'm pretty sure this is the what I was calling someone out for before. That he just lost to Worley Alves. Oh, Sean Hayward, you were doing so well. Um, Fialio versus Alex Morano. That again, another banger. Braulio versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Uh, Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. Luke versus Sean Brady. That was a couple for Luke versus Sean Brady. So thank you, Twitter fiends. Uh, you guys are bringing it as always. I'll go to our always civil email people first we got a couple here just uh jay donaghy the poconos picker lazez versus ian gary wow guys sound off my dms if you think ian gary uh if uh, lazez excuse me maybe a little too soon for ian gary but they are very high in the young man pat sabatini versus ryan hall of course grapple fest fialio versus jeremiah wells uh he says some of the most underrated and exciting welterweights a true slobber knocker oh <laughs> Boralio versus Armin Petrosian. He says it's uh, two. He says that's essentially two light heavyweights fighting at 185. Yeah, they are they are pretty big for the division. And he's gonna go with Muhammad's callout. Says give him Colby Covington. He writes, I guess Burns is a logical choice, but I think Shamayev will fight Usman after Edwards. Burns fights Sean Brady. Uh, and wild card, Levitt versus Patty the Batty Pimblet. Yes, I agree. I think that's about the level where Patty's at. I think Levitt is uh I mean, he's a pretty well-rounded fighter but i think he's a grappler like patty so i think that's a good matchup there jay i like what you're thinking and casey carpenter wants to say great work this week by mike he got me to sign up for the showtime streaming service to watch the bellator event probably hadn't watched bellator in a couple of years enjoyed the show for the most part looking forward to anderson nemkov rematch and a mckee stays in bellator of course to do the trilogy but if not signs with the ufc and has his first fight against sadiq yusuf so this is a little crossover matchmaking uh, for you guys. Casey says, I was wrong about Bilal with that win. Give him uh, Hamzat and then do Luke versus Brady. That's the most popular pick I've seen for Brady on the show, guys, is Vicente Luque. And Gunnar Nelson versus Fialo. Oh, clash of styles. I like it. Uh, and another one for Sabatini versus Billy Q. So some buzz there. And guys, let's close out with Instagram. I know, I know it's uh, it's it's been a bit of a quick second segment of the show, quicker than we usually do, but again, uh, we actually recorded this on a Saturday night, so we probably didn't get, I apologize to anyone who uh, didn't get their picks in in time, I know we, especially we have a lot of people international who like to get it in, you know, in what would be Sunday morning-ish North America time, uh, but again, I, I appreciate everyone who sends in picks, uh, you guys are the best, absolutely the best listeners and uh, fans in the world. And I tell you, we will we will make it up for you in the future. I think Mike and I will be recording a lot more regularly scheduled uh, Otnos uh, in the near future. And as you guys know, there's plenty of cards and, and big cards and title fights coming up. So first from, what a name on Instagram, your boy, Elroy, MMA podcast. Guys, if, I guess this is a podcast. You might want to check that out. First time, long time, says one matchup I want to see, Pat Sabatini versus Shane Burgos. Okay, so thank you, your boy Elroy. Welcome to the party, pal. Sam, Simon Phoenix, who's messaged me before with questions when we do the question shows. Uh, this is their first time, though. 
matchmaking matchups. So uh, I have one matchmaking solution, and it's another crossover for AJ McKee. AJ McKee versus Ilya Toporia at 145 pounds in the UFC. I don't know the timeline or the details. I think this would be quite the gauge for the McKee hype train. I don't know if Ilya is booked, like I said, uh, a future timeline with the McKee contract. So uh, I'm sorry, Simon Phoenix just saying a few uh, questions to be filled in here. But I'd love to hear you guys comment on this. Thanks. Keep up the great work. I... I will now be. I'm at the point now where I'll be stunned if AJ McKee is not, if not uh, on the UFC roster, is no longer on the Bellator roster by the end of the year. Maybe he wants that trilogy fight. Maybe he can take some fights with Bellator at 155. But it really feels like, and it has felt like this for some time. Some people would have said even after the the Pitbull, uh, when the first time he beat Pitbull, if he hadn't been locked into that um, Bellator, you know, champions clause, that he would have already, you know made the move over to the UFC. So it seems inevitable now. Uh, we got eight months left in the year. I do think somewhere in these eight months, he parts ways with Bellator and the gears will at least be in motion for him to sign with the UFC. As for the Teporia matchup, um, it wouldn't be my first choice. Obviously, it's a great fight, so so you can't say no to that. It's just it's just such, it'd be such a fun fight. Uh, but it could be at 155. I, again, Teporia said he wants to go back down. McKee wants to fight at lightweight someday, but hasn't made any commitment to making that move just yet. So 145 is a possibility. Uh, but I would I would keep those guys away from each other for now, especially 145. That I want to see Toporia make it again and with some consistency before giving him a big fight like uh, AJ McKee. Tristan Gordet, Mike's nemesis. Uh, he initially he told me he initially sent his picks to Mike, and I said, "Well, that's a mistake because Mike's not here." Uh, Luke versus uh, oh sorry, uh, Devin Clark versus Khalil Roundtree. Munir Lazez versus Carlson Harris. I love that pick. That was almost my pick for Lazez, actually. Um, again, just great striking battle. Andre Fialio versus Ian Gary. Oof. Honestly, I don't know how to feel about that. Again, I, I feel like the UFC wants to protect Gary, and I think Fialio might do some serious damage to him. And Tristan's down with the Mark O'Madson call-up for Drakkar Close. Does I like it? I think Close could win that fight. He represents all types of problems for Madsen. Was really impressed with this win tonight. Remember, this is the guy that almost put away Benil. Very true, Tristan. See? See, Tristan, and Mike's not around. No more button heads. No more, no more mic checks. You and I, I think you and I get along. Uh, you know, and I think you and Mike can get along too. We're all we're all friends here. Dad Jackson. Boy, I really should. I definitely got to screen this guy's comments before. He is uh, very active uh, on Instagram and always has uh, funny comments to send. So I'll, I'll try to keep this PG, assuming he doesn't say anything inappropriate. It says Budai looked great. Sucked to see him. Uh, Sucked to see Barnett take a beating. Give Budai Alexander Gustafsson and maybe Barnett Vandera. Yeah, I could see something like that. Um, <laughs> he says, I knew when this MFR's name was the human highlight reel. Uh, he was going to get smoked. I assume he's talking about... Who is he talking about? Who's the hi... Who is the human highlight reel on this card that I... Oh, <laughs> must have been uh, Brandon Jenkins. Excuse me, guys. I'm not I'm not familiar with Brandon Jenkins' nickname. Uh, yes, he is the human highlight reel. There's only one real highlight in the UFC, guys. His name is uh, Justin Gaethje. So, uh, on the other hand, that was one of the most exciting knockouts of the night. It got your close a bonus, so it certainly ended up in a highlight reel somewhere. It takes two to make a highlight. So, uh, Brandon Jenkins, your name is not inaccurate. Close versus Bahamondes. Uh, did not expect Devin Clark to knock out a 250-pound William Knight. Give him <laughs> Uzdemir. 
Uh, I love William Knight, stay at heavyweight, fight Olenek. Oh, jeez. I think Olenek wins that by sub easily. Uh, or drop to 205 and fight Johnny Walker. Uh, Bilal versus Masvidal? I know it's a reach, but I'd rather see Hamza and Colby, to be honest. And I know Sean Bray needs a fight. I want to see him and Gilbert Burns. Luke versus Li Jingliang. There you go. I mean, if you just want an action fight, you could do a lot worse than that. Our pal Micah Conifry, who, of course, runs the Otno and MMA Fighting Memes page, which you better be following if you listen to the show. That's the Otno and MMA Fighting Memes Instagram page. Uh, William Knight. Oh, hold on now. He's got a lot of good picks here. Finally, let's start with Jordan, the Dirty Dancer Levitt. I like him for Chris Kritzmacher. Budai versus Shamil Abdurakimov. Big test for Budai early, but I think it's warranted considering how shallow the division is. Also, a chance for Shamil to save his job. If he blows his fight, then it should be bye-bye time for him. That's a fair point. And I'm going to say it. Drakkar Close might just be the man for Patty Pimblett. Uh, Michael, listen, I have been number one on the Patty Pimblett I think is better than people think he is. But I also think Drakkar Close would straight up destroy him at this point in their careers. So um, I kind of like the pick, but I also kind of don't. Uh, William Knight versus Huggy Bear, just for the aesthetics. Two redwood stumps. That's a fine compliment. Another tough break for Baeza. Uh, he should take a step back and fight Blood Diamond. Uh, as for Fialio, I think Kevin Holland makes sense for both of them. Sorry for being cliche. Yeah, I mean, it's not cliche. It's just, you know how to, we are with Kevin Holland. We don't know whether if he's going to stick around at welterweight, take a short notice middleweight fight. So I, I still kind of have him on a soft ban list. Uh, he also wants to see Luke versus Masvidal, which you all want to see. And uh, again, Masvidal, if you're out there, do this one for the fans. Let's make it happen. <laughs> and oh, Michael, with a cheeky joke. You know, like he says, I can't recall the guy, the other guy who won the fight, so I won't match make for him. He, he's, he, he can't remember his name. You know, he says, yes, he can't remember his name. It's all right, Michael. It happens to the best of us. Matt Bradbury, and let's close with Matt Bradbury and MMA heads, guys. I, I'm going to just do as, read as many of these as I can. These guys always send in a load of amazing picks. Matt Bradbury says uh, that Corey is the best light heavyweight in the planet. The rematch should happen next. I was incredibly impressed. They managed to break ne Nemkov within three rounds. Uh, I, I think a lot of people would agree that uh, Corey Anderson was cruising to a win there. Is he the best light heavyweight on the planet? I don't know. But I can tell you, I know people in the media, maybe even people in MMA fighting, who were half-jokingly saying they might put him at number one at 205 pounds. This is a conversation that's happening. Uh, McKee versus Pitbull 3. Oh, no, excuse me. Agent McKee versus Patricky Pitbull. And Sergio Pettis versus Patricio Pitbull with with Patricio dropping down to 135. Ooh, I do like that. And a lot of people have said that Patricio Pitbull should fight at 135 before his career is through. So that's a great fight. Pico versus Adam Bortz 2. Adil Edwards versus Cody Law. Linton Vassell versus Valentin Moldovsky 2. Tim Johnson versus Steve Maury. Boy, this is a lot of Bellator stuff. Uh, Alatang Ali versus Mario Bautista. Sam Hughes versus Elise Reed. Jordan Levitt versus Luigi Vendramini. Martin Budai versus Juan Espino. That could be super ugly. Uh, Rafa Garcia versus Ignacio Bahamondes. Dragar Close versus Scott Holtzman. Penny Kianzad, Carl Hosa. Devin Clark, Michael Oleksaychuk. Munir Lazez versus Jake Matthews. Really picked for everybody here. There's even loser picks, guys, which I've been skipping. Myra Breno Silva versus Josiane Nunez. Andre Fialio versus Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos. Excuse me. Kyle Baraglio versus Jamie Pickett. There, there you go. There's some sensible calm matchmaking. Even I jumped the gun a little bit, I think. And uh, just do Bilal versus Colby and Vicente Luque versus Sean Brady. Sean Brady, if you're out there, maybe call this fight out because a lot of people seem to want to see you fight Vicente Luque. 
The downside is you have to end up fighting Vicente Luque, and I don't know any rational human who would really want to do that. And uh, MMA heads now here last. Muhammad versus ba Burns. Baraglio versus Wright uh, Barrio winner. That was mentioned earlier. Baraglio versus Nico Price. Bueno Silva versus winner of Gina Mazzani and Shauna Young. Sabatini versus winner of uh, Filo. Uh, Filo, excuse me. Andre Feely and uh, Max Brito. Max Brito? I think I'm getting that name right. Manuel Lizaz versus Lesquito Santos. Clark versus uh, Devin Clark versus Olexechuk. Uh, uh, Penikanzad versus Aspen Lad, Close versus Pachel, Garcia versus winner of Morales versus Medich. Oh, so I guess Morales is already. Sorry, guys, I'm clicking, clicking and clacking again. So I uh, look up. Yoris Medich is fighting. Oh, I'm sorry. Omar Morales. I'm sorry. I was getting confused with the other one. Uh, Michael Morales. Uh, Levitt versus winner of Camacho versus Torres. Hughes versus loser of DePaula versus Oliveira. And Alatang Haile versus loser of Ronnie Lawrence and Saeed Jakub Chakramanov. So uh, thank you, MMA heads. Guys, that's pretty simple, right? Wish Mike was around. Wish Jed could have stuck around. But you got me and we got you. And uh, we got you every week always, guys. Send in your picks to me uh, on Instagram at Alexander KK Lee. On Twitter at Alexander K. Lee. Just the 1K. Uh, or email alex.lee at sbnation.com. Uh, guys, my DMs are open, and you can hit up Mike. I think he's still taking Instagram DMs. You can take him, hit his Instagram at m underscore heckjr. So that's our show for this week. Thank you, everyone, again for dealing with the sort of unorthodox structure we've had uh, this week, last week. We'll, we'll be back to regular stuff soon. Hopefully starting next week with UFC... Fight Night, Lemos versus Jessica Andrade, I believe, according to Wikipedia. It's UFC Fight Night 205, uh, and I guess we'll call it UFC Vegas 52. That'll probably be the hashtag you guys will see around. Here is the tentative lineup that I am seeing for this show. Again, this is according to Wikipedia, though I'm going to bring up the topology just in case because this tends to be this tends to be accurate. So we have Amanda Lemos and Jessica Andrade in the strawweight main event. Uh, Jessica Andrade going back down there. Former strawweight champion. Clay Guida versus Claudio Pueyes. That's a fun matchup in what is the... Uh, I'll call it a co-main. I think that's fair. You've got a name like Clay Guida in there. Deserves it. Uh, Tanner, Boser, Tanner Boser versus Alexander Romanov. Macy Barber versus Montana De La Rosa. Sue Modierji versus Manel Cobb. That is a sick flyweight fight. And, oh, another sick flyweight fight. Charles Jodin versus Lando Venata. I saw some people... I wasn't people kind of poo-pooing this card. This card looks really good on paper, at least the main card. On the prelims, we've got Louis Koski versus Preston Parsons. Jordan Wright versus Marc-Andre Barriot. Looks like that's a catchweight bout. Dwight Grant versus Sergey Kondosko. Tyson Pedro. Tyson Pedro coming back. Uh, fighting Ike Villanueva. Iori Kilang versus Cameron Else. Martin Pracnial versus Philippe Linz. And Dean Barry versus Mike Jackson. Is this fight finally going to happen? Uh, this has been booked two times already. And uh, Mike Jackson, of course, has not fought in MMA anyway since his fight with CM Punk at UFC 225 back in uh, June of 2018. A fight that he won by unanimous decision was later overturned to a no contest. Uh, I honestly don't remember why. Why was this 
why was this fight turned over to no, no contest? Was it was it because was he smoking the wacky tobacco or? What the hell happened here? Yeah, yeah. See, guys, don't don't smoke the weeds. I tell you guys, I tell you guys in the show, don't be smoking the weeds. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, whatever, people, whatever you need to do to get through this crazy life of ours, to get through this wacky world of MMA, uh, you do you. It's not hurting anybody. But uh, yes, that will be a next week's card. Again, well, everything will be back. Stay tuned this week for previews and. Uh, BTL and other stuff. I I, uh, I just recently came back from a little a little time off for personal reasons, and I'm excited, guys, to jump back into MMA fighting coverage and programming. Uh, but that is it for this week. Please remember, more importantly than anything, MMA is supposed to be fun. And Mike will be back, and we'll see you next week. On on to the next one. The podcast. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.